0: Welcome to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon, where we share amazing Dungeons & Dragons stories with you every two days. Now heading inside the dungeon, we have... How My Party Accidentally Summoned the BBEG Early, Triggering a Crazy Encounter Hi everyone! All Things D&D is back with a story. This might be one of the best examples of a wish going just so wonderfully wrong. I need to hand it to the players for their awesome teamwork and the DM for a great setup. Tell us your awesome wish gone wrong or right moments after you listen to this. Sometimes a kind gesture can lead to the craziest encounter a party can face. I am the DM for a homebrew 5e setting which I have been running for nearly 6 months. The party is made up of 3 players, Zrokris, a black dragonborn vengeance paladin, Knacker, an old tiefling necromancer, and Buxton, a human sorcerer using a homebrew, oceanic-themed origin. The party is around level 16. For background context, the party had just returned to the capital after slaying Knacker's old cult leader, Monteur. Monteur was once involved with the BBEG of this arc and the party sought him out to get information and put him to rest. However, though they were successful with their endeavors, the BBEG they were preparing to face was not the true final boss. Earlier on in the campaign, I asked my players if they wanted to go the full length of the campaign or if they wanted to split it up in two parts and come back later. They chose the latter. So I made the final boss for this arc the finale. Or so we all thought. Zrokris, our paladin, had picked up a deck of many things and had used it amusingly throughout the course of the story. He sent a snobby cleric away with the void card. One of the cards he drew was the Moon card. For those of you who have never drawn this card, it gives its user 1d3 wishes. He had three wishes and was down to his last one. The party returned to the queen who had sent them on their mission. She was a young wood elf girl who took the throne after her father perished on a trip to a war monument. His body was never recovered. As the party was discussing their next plan of action with the queen's goliath paladin bodyguard, Zrakris was chatting up the queen. Casually, Zrakris told her, I wish your father was here. At first, we thought nothing of it. The dragonborn had served under the king before his death and we thought he was just feeling sentimental about his absence. But no. He was using his last wish to bring the king to the war room. Now, out of game, I knew what had actually happened to the king. In an evil one-shot, Knacker's player, who played a fallen Azamar Vengeance Paladin, had aided the Goliath bodyguard in dispatching the king. The king had been searching for a member of his royal guard that had supposedly fled to the elemental plane of fire after stealing a powerful sword. The portal to this plane was beneath the war monument and the king planned to retrieve his guard and the sword himself. Once the king passed through the portal, the Goliath bodyguard and the Azamar struck down the support that kept the portal open, trapping the king inside and allowing them to puppet his daughter who would take the throne in his absence. So Zrakis wishes for the king to be present with the party. I describe it as, a portal spewing hellfire opens up at the far end of the war room and a knight clad in smoldering full plate steps out, wielding a burning greatsword in his left hand. Unbeknownst to the party, the king had survived his encounters within the elemental plane of fire but had become possessed by the armor he was forced to wear. A burning shell of a man he once was. The King's mind was twisted and his will suppressed. Angry for being pulled from his duties against his will, the King attacked. His first target was the Goliath Paladin, the closest person to him. Within a single round of attacks, the King brought the Goliath down to just under 30 hit points, from his max of 161. I looked to the party, a malevolent smile on my lips. Say hello to the final boss. The one we decided to keep for later, let's roll for initiative. The party was obviously awestruck and horrified at what I just said, and I couldn't blame them. This came from left field, and was all because Zrokris thought he would be able to bring closure to the queen. Taking what actions he could, Zrokris casted a 5th level circle of power, taking 5d10 necrotic damage due to the effects of casting wish. He was hoping to provide what support he could, mainly since his strength stat was currently at three. Next, Knacker decided to pull out the big guns and cast a ninth level prismatic wall creating a dome that surrounded the king. The king failed to save against being blinded. After that, the goliath took the queen and began to flee, rushing her to safety and to gather more men to help stop this threat. Buxton was last on the initiative and cast a 3rd level tidal wave. I ruled it that the spell was encased within the prismatic wall making the king trapped within a fishbowl. The next round of combat began and I ruled that each layer of the prismatic wall would take full movement to get through. This means that the party has seven rounds of combat to gather what they need to defeat the king. The king takes his full movement and gets through one layer of the wall. Zrakris took the time and healed himself with some of his Lay on Hands ability. Nacker began to cast Magnificent Mansion as a backup plan in case the party needed to escape. This would take a minute so the old tiefling would only have three rounds after the king escaped to complete the mansion. The Queen and Goliath had fled by this point, removing them from combat. Buxton's turn, and oh boy did he have a plan. Using his magic, he cast a blink spell as a bonus action to enter the water-filled dome. He could breathe underwater, so he would be alright. However, Buxton fails the save against being blinded by the wall, but manages to cast a 5th level Maelstrom. So let's just recap what just happened. The King must make it through each layer of the prismatic wall, taking 50d6 of elemental damage as he makes it through each layer. He also has to make both a Dexterity and a Strength save to resist damage from both the Tidal Wave and Maelstrom spells, in addition to either falling prone or being dragged ten feet into the center of the Maelstrom upon failing both of those spells' saves. This also means that Buxton has to make the same saves for his own spells. Knacker's player put it perfectly, Buxton, you're a blind man trapped inside a killer washing machine. Indeed he was, Buxton failed every single one of his Strength saves to resist the Maelstrom spell he cast. In addition, he was completely blind, not knowing where the king was, and the blink spell had him popping in and out of combat every round. By the time Buxton had finally emerged from the killer washing machine, he had 24 health from his original 140, all of which was self-inflicted. Speeding up combat, the king also emerged from the wall, still blind. I rolled for which way he would move, and he would attack whatever he came into contact with. This happened to be in the direction of Zrakris, our paladin. The king swung wildly at him cleaving through his health and with a lucky critical hit to boot. The burning sword sliced through Xrokris's shield and shield hand. Xrokris retaliated with one final smite, dealing solid damage to the king while dealing himself 4d10 necrotic damage due to the effects of wish, putting Xrokris into death save territory by his own volition. Knacker cried out in shock, fearing for his friend, but unable to do anything unless he stopped casting the mansion. He cast Shadowblade as an 8th level as his bonus action, just in case. Hearing Knacker's cry, the king began to stalk towards him. This fight has lasted for nearly 3 hours and we just hit round 10. Buxton is no longer blinded and now being able to see the king once again, decided it was now or never. Buxton raised a finger at the king and said, I ask, nay, I command you, die! Buxton cast his 9th level power word kill. I asked him, you target the king, correct? Buxton's player confirms. I then described the scene. Buxton, you point your finger at the king and command him to die. Around you, you sense your ancestors, all doing the same. They understand the gravity of the situation and they wish for this to end. I describe as the king slumps forward, his life now truly ended. However, as the party finally takes a sigh of relief, he stands back up. I love doing multi-phase bosses and the armor was technically its own separate entity. Now top of the initiative, the armor has a choice to make. It either kills Knacker, who is standing in front of it or it saunters over and butchers the creature that killed its flesh puppet. I rolled a d20, 10 under it attacked Knacker, 11 or higher it attacked Buxton. It rolled a 14, so Buxton it was. As it began to walk over to Buxton, fury and malice literally burning from it, Knacker was given an attack of opportunity. He managed to hit its high AC and drove the Shadow Blade through the smoldering helmet, dealing 21 points of damage, a single point over the armor's HP. Knacker rode the body down to the ground, the innate psychic damage of the spell diffusing what semblance of life the armor had. The guards that the queen had gathered finally arrived and they took care of the situation. The party was rewarded for their efforts and they returned the kindness by reviving the king back to life with his sanity intact. Weak but humbled, the king thanked them for freeing him from the clutches of the armor. There was a sweet reunion between the king and his daughter and the party could now take a moment to sigh in relief. At this point, the table is ecstatic they managed to overcome a seemingly impossible challenge thanks to some creative, albeit somewhat suicidal, magic. After the fight, the party survived their wounds and continued the story, wrapping up the final arc in another awesome combat encounter. Thanks for listening to All Things DD's Story Dungeon! We'd love to have you subscribe and review us on iTunes and Spotify! Until next time!